if your body could talk separate to your rational mind, what would it rate your sense of tension and stress on the scale of one to 10? We are talking body work on today's show. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. His wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 313. And just recently I got in my inbox and it's funny because I had just seen uh, Bruce on Instagram actually for the first time because through a friend, Fuad, uh, I saw that he was having a bodywork session. I thought, oh, that's really cool and didn't really give it much work. But then in this inbox day, I see an invitation to come and have a bodywork session as a precursor to seeing whether I might want to do a show on bodywork. And given Bruce Scott is a Sydney local, just uh, 20 minutes from my place, I thought, actually, you know what? Things have been pretty stressful lately in a few areas and I'd quite like to go and have a bodywork session uh, and, and get to know Bruce's work. So off I went and I can tell you that there were patterns of tension and um, levels of um, relaxation uh, that were unlocked. Uh, and um, it was a really, really excellent session, very useful, effective, and really started to make me much more aware of when I'm just sitting down in a regular day, like, oh, why does that right shoulder come up and get tense? And I kind of now just put it back and take a deep breath and relax. And I think one of the most powerful things that I can see being a benefit from doing bodywork regularly is actually getting more and more in touch with a, uh, a relaxed state um, as a default so your body knows how to find its way back better so that your nervous system knows how to find its way back better. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm a fan, Bruce, you, you've definitely converted me and it's an absolute joy to have him on the show today. We are talking about a man who had quite a tricky childhood. He had viral meningitis, um, and was bedridden in his tween years and through a series of fantastic interventions where he unfortunately couldn't be supported in the allopathic, um, medical model. Um, for his healing journey, he discovered things like Swedish massage, Tai Chi, um, and, and to hear about how helpful and how powerful these modalities were for him and how he then became a student of all forms of movement and relaxation uh, and really came to understand just how much of an impact nervous system health has on overall health. Uh, something I've definitely um, woken up about on my mold journey. 
uh, as many of you listening, I know, have had all sorts of realizations around this space. I just had some an amazing listener, Jody, the other day PM me and say, oh my gosh, I just have to let you know how much your show with Dr. Melanie Salmon made a difference to my life. I've become a QEC practitioner. Uh, it helped with a number of issues and I, I just want to say a huge thanks. So we've done quite a few shows on different ways to support and heal the nervous system, uh, all sorts of fantastic different therapies. And I don't think any of them are better than others. There's no uh, superiority complex anybody needs to have. It's more about what you find at a time in your life that's going to resonate with you, that's then going to give you the most dramatic benefit. That's how I've always seen um, things that come into our lives at different times. So um, I hope you enjoy uh, looking into this conversation on bodywork um, and uh, the benefits of massage, breathing, relaxation, and, and human touch as a form of healing as well. So uh, I'll kick in quickie, kick into that in a little minute. I'm not going to edit it out. You guys can know I'm not perfect. <laughs> Sometimes I muddle my words. Um, but I do want to tell you about these fantastic offers because there's not long to go for either of them. You have our major sponsor this year who's been Oz Climate. Uh, I adore this brand of dehumidifiers and Winix air purifiers. As you guys know, uh, we've talked about them in our membership, the Lotox Club, quite a bit as well, and, and people just rave about them and as being game changers when they get them. Uh, but you have 10% off with the code LOTOXLIFE. And if you are on the east coast of Australia, we are coming into those super humid January to March months. We have more rain than usual still, again, for a third year in a row. And that means that we need that dehumidification strategy. I want you to have a mold prevention strategy, not a mold cleaning strategy. The latter is really, really hard. It is way better to prevent it in the first place. And if you've got a structurally sound home that doesn't have any leaks, then the good news is it's really easy to prevent. You just got to keep your indoor air humidity under 60%, which you can measure with the help of a hygrometer uh, from your local hardware store. And boom, there you go. You check it. If it's regularly over 60, you know you got to crank the dehumidifiers. Simple as that. You'll start to see if you're cooking something steamy, slow cooking, you got to crank the dehumidifiers. If you're running the dryer and you don't have a condenser dryer, you got to run a dehumidifier. If you are a family that, you know, has three showers on the trot one after the other and the bathroom can't, the vent can't handle it, you got to have a dehumidifier to dry that bathroom out. I want to stop seeing the DMs about the best way to clean mold out of grout. And I want people to be saying, oh my gosh, dehumidifiers, game changer. Thank you. I haven't seen mold since. That's the kind of DM I want. So head to ozclimate.com.au, um, use that 10% off code LOTOXLIFE and grab whatever you need for your place. Um, and if you're not sure, they can actually help you. Quick email, quick phone call, and they'll sort you out with what you need depending on your floor plan, um, house size, et cetera, or climate for that matter. 
And then of course we have solid techniques. Christmas is around the corner. If you are a gift giving family, this is a great deal. Um, a great deal to let other people know that you need this as well. So solid techniques, uh, founded by the wonderful Mark Henry, who I've had on the show in the past. If you want to take a listen to, um, this wonderful man and his brand story and journey through wanting to create as an engineer, this multi-century low-tox cookware. You have the nickel-free stainless steel range uh, for frying pans um, and larger pots, and you also have the cast iron range, the Oz iron pans. Um, you have the wonderful uh, baking tray as well that we collaborated on, uh, which is fantastic for even cooking of cookies. You don't get that brown, dark brown one in the right-hand corner, and then everything else slightly unco- undercooked. Everything heats the same on this fantastic Noni stainless steel um, that Mark has created, and I can't recommend it enough. So if you spend $279 or more on anything in the range, you receive a free 18-centimeter Oz iron pan, a great little single-serve pan. I use it for so many different things during the week, and it's valued at just under $100 for free. This offer runs out Sunday, 18th of December, so please be quick. That's around the corner. Your code is LOWTOX, and I hope you get to make the most of that. Thank you so much, and let's have a listen to this fantastic chat with Bruce Scott on Bodywork. Hello, Bruce. How are you? Hello, Alex. I am sensational. Thank you very much for asking. Awesome. Uh, so I felt rather sensational after our session a couple of weeks ago and was really looking forward to unpacking that. I purposefully, uh, as people would have heard me speak about in the intro, have recently had a bodywork session with Bruce. Um, but I purposefully didn't want to actually go too nerdy and ask you a bunch of questions on that day because I really was conscious of having the experience as a human being who you know, everyone needs to realise just how deeply we can relax our nervous systems. No one actually knows unless you do the work because of how um, how busy life gets and you kind of, unless you consciously dip back into a relaxed state, uh, it's, it's actually quite hard to know what it feels like. <laughs> and so I really didn't want to intellectualise that, um, that session that we had, and, but I'm really excited to intellectualise it a little bit now because I think it's super interesting just how important it is to feel the way one feels after a bodywork session and yet no one knows how important it is because hardly anyone's doing it. And we have all these problems, diagnoses, whether it's pain, whether it's nervous system-related issues, um, and unless we're starting to put some of the tools in our kit, uh, and, Bruce, your work is absolutely in this realm, to help us find that um, and feel that, then the springboard from which we run our day-to-day lives is already this jacked-up, super tense, super on high alert, fight-or-flight vibe. And no wonder people are becoming chronically unwell in the kinds of quantities we're seeing the stats these days. So, Bruce, what I want to start with is that that's kind of where you started, but you were such a little boy. And I want to ask you, how um, it felt to be a fit young boy who was on an elite gymnastics trajectory, which you were, 
to being almost well, bedridden and ill. Um, can you tell us why that happened, what happened, and mm. how that felt? I mean, mm. I can't even imagine. Mm. Okay. The, the first part is how it felt. So what, what the kind of what-so of what happened was, yes, I was an elite gymnast, super, super blessed. My first two um, coaches were, were level 10 former members of the Japanese Olympic team. So oh, wow. I'm a I'm a white boy from Darwin, yeah, and it just you so happens that my first <laughs> I'm like boom, okay. I was just being trained as if I was a a Japanese <laughs> a Japanese mm. um, student on on the path to you know gymnastics mastery, um, and I got viral meningitis. So it can happen to anyone. It's a virus that affects the lining of the the brain, the dura tube, um, the the meninges swell up and put incredible pressure on the brain and, and toxicity as well. So cerebral spinal fluid is the fluid that nourishes the, the brain and nervous system through the, the central nervous system. And when, when the lining of the brain swells up, that can't flow. So toxicity builds up and there was just this incredible shutdown immune function went completely haywire. Like I got chicken pox twice in four months. You, you know, you're oh supposed to only gosh. get it once. Um, I ended up with arthritis in every single joint in my body, chronic fatigue and migraine headaches. And how old are you at this point? This is about 10. Um, and I lived like that from 10 to like 13 and a half, had a few remissions in between, but predominantly the predominant was that I didn't go to school, couldn't concentrate, couldn't focus, didn't have energy to do pretty much anything. Um, walking was painful. So what that was like, that was like being an 80 year old man. Yeah. I know what it's like to be a decrepit, broken 80 year old man where it hurts to pour a cup of tea. And how do you rationalise that as a little boy who should be hanging out with their mates and playing a bit of footy or cricket in the backyard? Like, uh, I mean, what was the social circle like? Did people rally and come and hang out with you? In, in those days, like chronic fatigue wasn't a diagnosis back yeah. in 1987. Yeah, like people were fighting for it to be seen as anything other than a um, psycho psychosomatic presentation and honestly there was a deep psychosomatic component to it the overwhelm of I was incredibly sensitive and we were living literally we forget it these days we've kind of forgotten that how intense the cold war was we were living under this blanket of red v blue any day button could be pressed the whole thing's over and I was acutely aware of it why do you so think you were aware of it? Level, Do you think your parents spoke about it a lot? Or I mean, I lived through the Cold War and I I I mean, my mum's like a history buff as well, but I don't think we ever really knew how intense it was. Why do you think it was for you? Um karma. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it just was. Mm. I'm acutely aware and and sensitive. Okay. Um and sensitive gets a bum rap these days when people say, oh, I'm so sensitive. Or people say, stop being so sensitive. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, no, yeah. Yeah. I want that level of attunement. I want that level of sensitivity. But I also want to be strong enough to have the capacity to deal with what I'm being sensitive to. Yeah. I want to be able to have the discernment to feel this feels good to me. I want to do more of it. This doesn't feel good to me. I want less of it. Mm. Whether that's a chemical, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a, a lifestyle, whatever it is, sensitivity is gold. We, uh, my sense is to encourage it and to encourage the protective ecosystem that allows us to be able to function with a high degree of sensitivity. Yeah, right. And so, so, but I do genuinely want to know, like, did your mates just kind of forget about you? Like, was it too weird to have a sick friend? And because I think that part of chronic illness is, is under talked about in terms of the effect then on that person, the, the wound um, that you yeah. carry. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, to, mm. a, to a large extent and not through no fault of their I just wasn't no, going no, to school abs- absolutely and, and, yeah yeah and I wasn't so I wasn't going to school I wasn't going to birthday parties I wasn't kind of I wasn't playing sport so it was like I was just stepped out of that whole construct um, I was absolutely blessed in that my best friend lived next door oh, and geez. he and I our favorite thing in the world to do was play Lego and Star Wars and he'd come over after school and that I could do for a couple of hours. I would just sit in my room and, and build some Lego and play some Star Wars. And if I needed to have a rest, that was cool. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, important. yeah. So, so I had yeah, a couple of, a couple of friends who could play with me, who could meet mm-hmm. me at that level. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of time, it was really intense, quite um, isolated. Yeah. Um, and having no idea about how long this was going on for, no, no clear diagnoses, no real suggestions of what we could do to shift it or change it. And that would have been um, a strain on your parents, I'd imagine. Like, how was that dynamic? Did you know how worried they were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, absolutely. For any parent, it's hard to have a sick child and and Mm. especially to have a sick child where we don't know like the root cause or what's going on or what do we do about it. Yeah. Um, And so what did you do about it? What changed? Well, yeah, that's perfect. That's that's the real answer. Um, After three, like three and a half years of Western allopathic medicine, having nothing to offer me but blood tests, Mm. um, they they took so much blood. I was like like a tin cushion, yeah? Yeah. someone suggested Tai Chi and it was really a case of at that stage, it can't hurt. It might help. Mm. And my first ever Tai Chi teacher was the real deal. He was teaching at the local primary school on a Tuesday night. He was in his late sixties, master Lim. He had been studying Tai Chi with his grandfather in Singapore since he was six years old. And that was my first ever Tai Chi teacher. Again, my, like in. literally, my I've, I, this is one of my greatest blessings. I have been blessed with the most incredible teachers in the most esoteric and eclectic arts throughout my throughout my whole trajectory. And interesting um, how now, even just at the age of thirteen, both um, like your your 
biggest blessings in teaching and guidance have both come from Eastern countries. And I think that's always interesting as to how the universe wants us to, like where the universe wants us to expand into. Sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Flow in this direction. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. There's this way. Like you can go this More way. answers over it there. Mm. It was a choice then to take the medicine. Masalim taught me the exercise. He was an absolutely beautiful teacher. He'd teach basically three, the, the long form, Tai Chi form is it? The Chang style Tai Chi forms 108 very ornate flowering movements that take the body through its full functional range of motion, married to breath and finding this, this idea of our life force flowing smoothly and freely through our body. Mm. And he would teach it three moves at a time. So first week he'd teach three moves and you just spend that whole week practicing those three moves. And next week, we'd review the three that we'd done and he'd add three more. And he just, he built the whole form out like that. So it was never overwhelming. Yeah. But and it was, also enough time with each. I mean, yeah. how often do we get enough time to just focus on doing one thing really, really well? Yeah. It's not, off, it's not often. So that, that was a real key point, even at that age, at 13. I made the choice to do the exercise. I made the choice to do the work. No matter how sick I was, no matter where my energy was on that day, I knew that if I, I already got the sense that if I just, if I did the 15 minutes, if I just got up, no matter how shitty I was feeling, and I just did the exercise at the level that I could, at the level that I was up to, something started to shift, something started to open. So I kept following that path. Interestingly, at exactly the same time, I started also receiving Swedish remedial massage. And again, blessed, my first ever masseuse had hands of gold. He was, um, he was beautiful. He knew exactly where to touch. He could feel the energy. He could see that I could see it and feel it. And he started to talk to me about this concept of life force and energy flowing through the physical form and mm. allowing me, giving me permission to go, yeah, I can feel it. I can feel where it gets blocked. I can feel when it flows. I know which one of those two I prefer and really, really started. So that after literally eight months of that protocol, the weekly massage and the mindful movement, within eight months, I was boxing and playing rugby. Wow. I was back. I was on my bike. I reconnected with all my, with my school friends who all lived in the suburb. We, I was into it. So and I went you... off and had a wild and misspent youth. <laughs> so if you had to verbalise what your medicine was then that got you better what is it what are, well, I mean you didn't take anything yeah I did chi mm, that's what I chi, mean so prana, it's not meta mana. it's not something you can touch feel and see and, and like, something, it's something you can feel Alex. sorry um, <laughs> but it's it, like I mean hold hold was the word I was looking for Ooh, um you can you can yeah. hold chi 
But you know but what I'm a- trying to say. Like it's it's not a okay, this is the box, this is how much I gotta do, this is the protocol. It was so much deeper than that. Um, why do you think where I feel like we're all being called back to this um uh kind of healing, these kinds of tools. Um, I know for myself, when I externalize a problem to um, Western medicine myself um, with chronic tonsillitis where antibiotics stopped working, it had to get to a point where nothing was going to work for me to look mm. somewhere. You know what Amen. I mean? Amen. Yeah, mm. absolutely. 100%. And I find it fascinating that we've been siphoned into such a narrow view of what health healing uh, treatment diagnosis looks like um, yeah. and of course we all know what the building blocks of um, a, a GDP theory model of never-ending economic growth has as a ramification like I get all of that but at the same time I feel like a gentle people-led um, revolution <sighs> is coming in the sense that we all know we need more we all know we need deeper whether we're admitting that at the conscious level, I think is another story. I think it's still a bit scary and weird. Hmm. I'm, I'm coming from a very, very unique perspective in this. And like 1989 was when I started studying Tai Chi. Mm. And if you think back to 1989, if you told someone you were meditating in 1989, (laughs) they asked you if you were smoking crack cocaine as well. It was like, like, it was weird, woo woo out there. Yeah, well, the 20 concept, years ago when I found a naturopath, that was still weird, 20 yeah. years ago. And yeah. these days it's like, you don't meditate? Mm. Are you like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. You might want to try that. Um, so, so having been in observing the transition from, you know, the, the 90s through to now and seeing the quantum mm. shift and the, the groundswell and the massive interest and awareness and understanding what was so completely woo-woo then is now mainstream. Mm. Totally acceptable. And we can put a scientific base underneath it and say, oh, well, okay, oh, cheese moving through the body. Anatomists go looking for chi and they can't find it. I'm like, did you think maybe it's just in the neural pathway or maybe it's in the fascial line? Maybe it's in the connection between the neural pathway, the fascial line, and the flow of fluid through the body. Ah, oh, hold on, radical concept. Maybe the chi is the force of gravity moving through the physical structure of your body in an aligned way. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe. all like, oh, kind of makes Combo. sense. <laughs> like, bit of that, bit of that. Yeah. Well, and, absolutely. Oh, I'm conscious. I look at the um, the amazing work being done to show people how important the lymphatic system is now. And then I think about the 6,000 years ago Chinese doctor and I think he probably just couldn't call qi a- an encompassing part of lymphatics and spinal fluid and all the things because they didn't have words, but he knew. Like they felt that that was what all of that was. They just didn't have all of these specific words and scientific research behind it. And I think... That's so cool that you don't actually need it even. And actually, in a way, we became our scientific model, which we've got to remember flowed out of natural history, which, mm. which is a very different approach of like the, the single observer 
was much more um, venerated. Just one person being able to see, this is what I observed, this is what I felt. There was more, much more kudos for that in um, the natural, natural history that flowed and became the scientific method. And then in the, we went deeper and deeper into the scientific method where we split everything down to the nth degree where I've got, you know. Compartmentalised it all, yeah. PhDs in physiology where they've written a PhD on one molecule moving across a cell membrane, but they don't know how to stand on their own two feet. They're not posturally aligned. They didn't ever learn to use the whole thing as an integrated whole, but they, but they did seven years going down this pathway of one molecule. Like, that's great. I'm really glad you did that. That's beautiful. There's something in there. But if we can't take that depth of observation and bring it back into the understanding of the ecosystem, yeah. we're never going to see the whole picture. Yeah. And, and there's way more functionality. There's way more accessibility for, some, for an individual to transform their life not necessarily by being at the cutting edge of the single molecule crossing the membrane, but way back at how do I create an ecosystem within my life for this ecosystem that I am mm. to function optimally. Yeah. I, I read a book a few years ago. I don't know if you've read it, Alan Savory's Holistic Management. So a lot of people haven't read this book because it's literally about cattle farming. And it's like, so you think you have to read this book if you're into um, regenerative agriculture and, and trying to yes. you know, find ways to farm and heal the earth at the same time. And But I read it because I was writing my second book and it was on food and I really wanted to make sure I'd, I'd cast the net really wide to see all the ways that we could move forward in a way where we all overlap on common goals instead of constantly polarising on issues of food. and That's Alan's, beautiful. Well, Alan's work is incredible because holistic management, he's actually a philosopher. He's not a cattle farmer. You start reading this book and you're like, wow, he keeps bringing it back to what the healthy whole looks like and mm. how everything falls into place if you take the, the time to define what the healthy whole ecosystem looks like. And uh, I just think it should be essential reading for everyone. I mean, cows or no cows, like it's so powerful to really hone in on that work in our lives and decide what a healthy whole looks like. And then then the details, not the other way around. I would I'd 100% agree with that. So that, that's, how, that's how I think about it for myself, like, creating the, the ecology, the ecosystem. What can I shift? What can I swap out? What, what are the things that feel good and how do I cultivate having more of them? Because my observation is that it's for myself. When I have almost a checklist of hydration, nutrition, sleep, movement that I love doing, movement that I look forward to doing, enjoy while I'm doing, and leaves me feeling better after I've done it. Community and connection, touch, um, yeah, a structural alignment. 
these when I have these <laughs> so much of it so simple yeah but but yet so much of it doesn't sound particularly Anglo-Saxon I was with my um, sister recently in France our baby cousin was getting married and it was such a special time um, we're French on my mum's side and we observed all the French men young men 30s 40s older younger whatever kiss kiss hugging always touch like they're always with each other but really with each other they don't have to be drunk or like it it was just so interesting like ah I think most Aussie guys would actually feel quite uncomfortable with this level of intimacy talking about these kinds of topics and um and supporting each other in such deep articulate ways you know they're just so open about emotions about um practical things like finances very open uh, with each other, hearing these conversations, I was like, wow, this is so healthy. Uh, and um, and they didn't have to be doing uh, Tai Chi and body work to have this health. So, like, the whole, the healthy, holistic whole ecosystem might actually look different for different people. Uh, but, like, working on it and spending time to decide what that fulfilled life really feels like. I think is um, is something perhaps certain cultures do better than others was my observation in that moment. I think I think that's a, yeah really fair, and that we we live in an age where we potentially get to take the the best of of all yeah, worlds. That's one of that's the, the it. beauties. It's pretty exciting. We, I I love looking at the human being through the lens of evolutionary biology. That seems to make the the most sense to me that. The human, the human being evolved over billions of years. You know, life on Earth has existed for some 3.8 billion years. The vast majority of that was single cellular organisms. And those single cellular organisms worked out the vast majority of the chemistry that we still use today. The neuropeptides, the, the enzymes, all of that, all of that was was worked out in the single cell. And then the single cell reached a point of complexity where it couldn't get any bigger without the membrane, without it being too heavy for a membrane to be able to hold. So it hit a critical mass of complexity, a critical point where it couldn't get any more complex within that container. And lo and behold, multicellular organisms start showing up at exactly that point. So when we start having a multicellular structure, we need a specialized nervous system to start to communicate between those cells so that each cell knows what the other one's doing. Yes. The whole reason that we have a nervous system is to be able to direct our attention and movement toward what we want, that which nourishes us, and to be able to to detect our attention toward and move away from that which is toxic to us. Now you put a single put a single cell in a petri dish and you add a nutrient, it will move towards it as fully as it can and open its its membranes up and actively shoot out peptides to draw those nutrients into the cell. It will invest energy in gathering nutrients. A single cell has that much um, consciousness. Yeah. yeah. You put a single cell cell into a petri dish with a toxin 
it will move its nucleic acid as far away from the toxin as it can and close down its wall as best it can. We're just an evolution of that, yeah? Yeah. But we evolved, we evolved within the natural environment and part of our evolution was to be social creatures. So we also evolved within a social construct, construct, a social structure. Jordan Peterson said something really interesting the other day at his um, Sydney talk. You are too complex to regulate yourself. We evolved not just to be self-regulating, but to be regulated by the community. So if you live in a 150-person tribe, which is what we did for the vast majority since we became Homo sapiens, the vast majority of the time that humans have been on Earth, we lived in 150-person tribes where we had intimate, direct relationships with everyone, from the newborn baby to the oldest member of the tribe. We had aunties and uncles and cousins, and the majority of them were nervously, were regulated in their nervous system, harmonious. So if I went off and got super, super stressed and acute stress, like I got attacked by a jaguar as I was hunting whatever in the jungle, I survived the jaguar attack, I get away from it, but I am rattled, rattled and on an adrenaline pump. I get back to the tribe and straight away, Arnie sees something's off in my field. She's like, ooh, you just, you just had like, what happened? Sit down, tell me about it. Someone brings me a cup of tea. Someone puts their hand on my back. It's like, we got you. And there's been this incredible fracturing, not just of the nuclear family now, but of that tribal, of that tribal community. Intergenerational, yeah. So we've become monocultures. We put each age group together. We put the sexes on their own in one spot over there and the other sex over there for school and like everything is monoculture uh, and diversity is actually what makes us stronger. The less, the less spaces you have where everybody is just one type of something, uh, the better, I believe, for I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. society. I mean, look at what it's look at what the political landscape's done. That's why there's so much unrest in the world now, because we've all siphoned ourselves off into these one groups where everybody's exactly the same and we agree with each other it's really important that we agree with each other yeah and and i'm gonna say it straight the vast majority of people their nervous systems are not regulated Mm. so stressed so if evolutionarily we were we evolved so that when our nervous system was deregulated we had the support of regulated nervous systems to entrain us back to regulation yeah and now that's missing. Mm-hmm. How do we restore that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do, I'm not advocating necessarily going back to 150-person hunter-gatherer tribes. I, I love double-shot almond lattes way too much for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a whole heap of the modern world that I'm so, so down with and I'm not advocating like a total having to go back to the past but understanding what are those elements that regulate my nervous system. For me, spending time in nature, walking barefoot over broken ground, putting the energy into cultivating healthy, loving relationships 
with the four agreements as a as a foundation be impeccable with my word don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and always do my best if i take those four principles into all of my relating that allows me to get much closer to the authenticity of a tribe mm. yeah, to be yeah, able to deal with it absolutely and, and, and I and think sometimes, yeah, mm, well, this is your work. So I want to unpack that, of course. Um, how does it come to be that you decide to be a body worker? Like what are the things, what are the years, what are the different things that one looks at, studies, dives into to go, ah, this is how I want to help people and show up? Yeah, cool. I, at first, it was, it was really that it was what I needed to do for myself. So as I said, you heard the as first part of the story. As in, you sorted out from others. No, as in, I, yeah, I needed, I needed to heal. So as, if you heard the first part of the story, which was the viral meningitis when I was ten, as I said, then I went off and had a wild and misspent youth. And when when I say wild and misspent, I took that as far as I could, to the point where I was um, working six, six nights a week in nightclubs. And taking every pill and potion that I could get my hands on. Yeah, <laughs> okay. four, not sleeping for four days. Um, you know, a chemical cocktail of whatever was going. And I pushed that until the point where I crashed again. And at, in my early 20s, I crashed. And was it was like I was back all the way 10 years before. Same kind of symptoms. Literally, I was 55 kilos. I had a, a rash from my knee to my neck. My, when I stopped taking those substances, my body crashed. Mm. And how did it feel but, to be back there? Was oh, it, far. Was it triggering? Okay. Yeah, totally. A hundred, mm. yeah. But what I, what I had was the knowledge of what had worked last time. Mindful movement, tai chi, and massage. So I went looking for a... A, a massage therapist and I went looking for a Tai Chi practitioner and I found instead of Tai Chi I found a, a Qigong master um, she's been my teacher for the last 25 years still still my teacher now um, and and then I committed to doing that for myself at that stage no idea no thoughts of making it my vocation I pursued studying Tai Chi and receiving massage because I knew that was the most effective way for me to move the lymph through, to get the blood flowing, to have my energy flow, to feel better. Mm. Yeah. And as, as, as I felt better again, then I was really way more open to this path. I, I was, a, you know, young adult and choosing which direction I wanted my life to go in and the the flow of chi that I that I could see it and feel it didn't matter to me that most of the people around couldn't comprehend what it is that I was talking about or looking for because I knew I could feel it I could feel it I could see it I knew what it felt like when I had it I knew what it felt like when I didn't and I knew which I preferred so um the next 15 years of my life was dedicated to studying everything that I could that lit me up. Aikido, shiatsu massage, Thai massage, craniosacral therapy, um, 
various other martial arts. And I thought actually that I was going to become a, a martial arts instructor. Aikido, traditional Japanese martial art, was my absolute passion. Um, so much so that it took me to Tokyo for a four-year apprenticeship. Wow. I went and studied Aikido with an eighth dan Aikido master in his dojo in Tokyo. Um, and at the end of my stay in Tokyo, I knew it was time to come home. My intuition just said, it's time. I've, I've gone as far down this path as I could. Um, on my way home, I, I had a little stop off in Laos and a little stop off in Bali to hang out with my Zen Tai Shiatsu teacher, the incredible Gwyn Williams. And the path shifted. It's like, this is it. This is the thing. Do this for now. And that, that was, that was you know, 12 years ago. And it's, it's been my full-time everything since then. Mm. And having had a session with you, I can then totally understand the breadth of the experiences that you've had and how you bring those different movements into a bodywork session. Mm. Like yeah. yeah, what what I'm what I'm looking for is not to fit you into my modality. Mm. Uh, you are unique in the known universe. You may share similar genetics with other people. You may share similar values, worldviews, beliefs, but how all of that comes together in you is unique. So I want to throw away the paint by numbers and actually meet you where you are on the day. Where's your energy at? Where's your psyche at? What's alive for you? What are you bumping up against? Where are you finding flow? And then tailor my session to facilitate, cultivate the most optimal alignment of energy through your nervous system. And one of the most effective ways to do that is to shift out of the sympathetic nervous system, flight, fight, freeze, into the parasympathetic. Our, our bodies regulate themselves at an incredibly high level. The fact that you are alive is a miracle. <laughs> the fact that, that the 40 trillion conscious cells that go into making up the organism that you are, all propagated out of one single cell, the zygoma of your father's sperm and your mother's ovary. From There was enough intelligence in that one single cell to create all of you. Yeah. I'm smart, but I ain't that smart. No, it's extraordinary. <laughs> it is. I, like, I often think about it when I look at my giant 13-year-old boy and I'm like, just how? How? Did, how? It's just so miraculous. The whole thing is just incredibly yeah. mind-blowing. So mm. I want to dance with that. I want to yeah. honour that. I don't want to impose like a chiropractor. I love the philosophy of chiropractic that if you have an aligned spine, that that takes pressure off the nervous system and in increases then the flow of energy and information along the nerves from the organs to the brain and from the brain to the organs. That makes perfect sense to me. Mm. How they actually go about doing it, I'm not a fan of. I don't like being manipulated. Mm. High-velocity techniques, I'm, my body does not like them and I don't appreciate them. Mm. 
Oh, wow. God, I'm a huge fan. I love it. Maybe that's because I'm a tennis player and it's like quite functionally helpful. (laughs) You you can get lucky and find someone really good, but when you find the alternative. I do have someone great, yeah. Yeah. When you Mm. find the alternative of the soft approach that allows your body to make the adjustment for itself without Mm. the high velocity, I find that that holds way, way better because your nervous system chose it rather than having it imposed. Mm, and it's kind yeah, of therefore like acupuncture helping you rewrite the code the, the of code, like absolutely. how your body wants to default essentially. So Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So over time we create habitual patterns and there's great advantages in having a habitual patterns if I wake up in the morning and then there's there's things (laughs) that produce um even more artificial habitual patterns because they're not even part of our natural world and they get built in and then we're holding this thing on a hand like this for how long and then boom yeah what a a massive one that we we go through that gets completely overlooked is like one size fits all school chairs Mm. how many hours a day do we put (laughs) growing bodies that are designed to move and climb trees and climb cliffs and run and roll and wrestle and play they're designed to do that for eight hours a day and we we get them sitting and stressed you know okay it's a really you can even see it like if you go to a playground and you look at the alignment structural alignment of a group of four-year-olds. A great time to do it is when the, the five and six-year-olds have been dropped off at school and the younger siblings then go over to the playground across the road. You look at a group of four-year-olds, irrespective of the alignment of their parents, how heavy or thin or whatever their parents are at, a group of four-year-olds will be standing up straight, have full range of mobility in their knees, hips, ankles. They're on. They may not yet have the coordination, but their alignment is superb. Come back after school for the 3.30, the 4 o'clock play in the playground and have a look at the diversity and posture amongst a group of seven-year-olds, seven and nine-year-olds. They'll already be starting to show incredible diversity and dysfunctional pattern. And then it's in. And then the pattern's starting to form and we're just going (laughs) to layer and layer and layer through all of high school, through university, so that once we've got a stress pattern, we just keep reinforcing it. Mm. We just keep and reinforcing the, it. And there are all the cultural um, aspects of the stress pattern building as well. And the emotions come in as well. Yeah. How, you know, um, a huge one can be, um, say, as an example, an adolescent woman, a 13, 14-year-old woman whose breasts come in much sooner than her peer and mm. are much larger than her peer. And so that that discomfort around the that story you tell yourself. real... Yeah. rolling of the shoulders and the rounding of the back. Yeah, you're trying to hide yourself. those in and hide them. Yeah. And you do that for the next five, six years, and it becomes a default. Yeah. The magic with body work is that it is not. It is a pattern, a neurological pattern. It's not structural, really. It's the pattern that your brain is sending to the muscle. And once your brain can see that it has created a dysfunctional pattern, and can be facilitated to see an alternative. As soon as your body can see an alternative that it likes more than the dysfunctional pattern, it's on the path to choosing that. And once we start having structural alignment, 
energy flows, organ function increases, cohesion in the energetic field increases, mood increases. We start to change the chemistry of the body, the neural patterns of the body, and every digestion improves, liver function improves, heart coherence improves. Posture is so underrated as an adjustment to improving quality of life that it is it's mind-boggling to me that, that so many people haven't worked it out. And so many people are investing so much time in training at the gym, putting incredible amounts of hours into smashing out workouts, but not actually getting the movement aligned to yeah, they're getting strong. Yeah, they're getting endurance. They can do the exercise for longer and they can do the exercise with a heavier weight, but not discovering grace and ease and alignment and flow. And when you allow those to be the, pr the primary focus, then the strength and the endurance flow as an unintended byproduct and you can really take them to the max. You're never going to get the full strength and the full endurance that you can get until you discover the alignment. Mm, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, I, I got to a point where I was playing tennis a lot and uh, it, uh, there was so much energy blockage and tension. I'm like, I got to bring the yoga in. I know I got to bring the yoga. Like, you know, you have to bring contrasting. Um, again, it's about the ecosystem. It always comes back <laughs> to building a healthy ecosystem and you can't just go down one path um, mm. and and um, get good at one thing in, in a granular way. Like there has to be light, shade, soft, fast, slow, you know, everything it all has to be in there to be truly strong this is this is a beautiful i actually think about um my movement practices in a similar way to i think about my diet where i eat a rainbow i eat the highest quality produce that i can with a large variety i want to get as many different chemicals and antioxidants and flavors and the whole thing and i and i varying meats and and have have a lot of joy and a lot of fun with it and i eat chocolate croissants because i love them um <laughs> you know, that's like... good yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally mm. so so in the same way when i'm thinking about my movement if i'm only doing one thing all the mm. time it's a monoculture my body's exactly. not designed to just do the one thing i want to have a repertoire from the very, very soft, the mobility, the Tai Chi, the, the really flowing work all the way through to the fullest engagement that, that I can do. And I want to have, have play by myself. I want to have play with partner. I want to, you know, I want to mix it up and create a diversity so I cover all of, all of my bases. Yeah. And... And so let's then actually, that's the perfect segue, I think, for talking about a bodywork session and, and covering all your bases. You would have so many different types of people that would come to you for so many different types of reasons, right? Do you find it's often someone who's tried everything and nothing's worked? Do you get that person a lot? 
I get that person a lot mm. and for good reason mm -hmm. because often that's the person I can help the most. Yeah, my, my path. Yeah, I think is, of little boy Bruce and it's, it's it, that person, right? It's that person. I'm, I yeah. get to meet myself and go, yeah, okay, here is a – and to be able to, like I mentioned about my, my first ever Tai Chi teacher, to be a, I use the same approach. So let's say I've, I've got a, someone coming in to see me for the first time. In a practical sense, the first thing I will do is start by massaging their feet. So for me, once I have someone's body in my hand, once I'm in their energetic field, I can see. I can see their physical postural structure. I can see their energetic flowing structure. Sh chakras are not theoretical to me. I see them lit up like they're flashing neon. Um, I don't know if that's too woo-woo for someone, that's all right. That's, 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 how, that's my worldview. Um, so once I can start connecting to someone's foot, I can really start to feel into their, their structure, the tone and tension of the muscles, not just in the foot, but throughout the whole body, start to feel how their energy is flowing and have an eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversation about what their life is looking like. I don't try and direct that conversation. I create a space where people know that they're, they're safe to talk about any topic that I'm an open book and willing to answer any question and that nothing is required to be discussed. There's yeah, because I didn't feel like I needed to talk at all. I actually yeah. just wanted to just be. Um, yeah. So and, and I guess, and do really you therefore, need. yeah, I was going to say, do you therefore just kind of stay open and see what the person needs and just receive that either way? Yeah, absolutely. Some people are really, really, um, scientifically ingrained, like really sharp on the science and want to understand. And I love talking to them because I have a deep enough understanding of anatomy and physiology to talk to MDs and surgeons about what it is that I'm doing and have light bulbs go off in their brains. Mm. Yeah. So um, that was one way to bring the textbooks to life, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I hadn't thought about that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no harm no foul and and other yeah um so once i've done the foot massage and had that tune in check-in then you notice there was a much more um organic flow of but for us we flew we moved to the flying where i bring you up to standing and i have the strength and confidence and body awareness to be able to Balance your body on my feet without you having to do anything. Mm. Yeah. And that can be a little bit confronting for some people the first time to surrender, to trust into someone else so completely that they can just let the muscles of their spine completely relax. I and don't do like that with everyone. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, have, I have to say yeah. something here because. Yeah, go for it. Now, because I know what it feels mm. like, I wasn't lying there thinking, oh, like up in the sky, thinking, oh my gosh, can Bruce, like those, those stories weren't um, in my head at all about like, am I going to fall or I didn't have any of that. For me, I was genuinely fascinated by how many notches my shoulder blades could keep going back or like I, it was such a... Um, 
it it was more of a self-awareness thing than a danger fear thing for me. Um, and, and like you say, it's going to be different for different people. But that, I think that's because, really common. Mm, yeah, it was really so interesting the, to me. That the fear is before the transition of actually doing it. The fear builds up, builds up, builds up, and then you actually lean in and feel how 100% supported you are and that there is nowhere to fall, that I have completely got you. And then that's, it's, Alex, it's like then the way I see it, it's almost like control, alt, delete. It's so <laughs> different yeah. for your nervous system to what it was doing before that there's no space for the habit now because this isn't a habitual pattern. This isn't a habitual posture. So the body can see, oh, my God, I'm holding that part in habit. I'm holding that part in habit. I'm like, oh, my God, I can let go of that part. And the body goes through this internal sweep of observation and having the support of gravity, not only be able to see the tension, but then having the support of gravity to be able to let it go. So we can sweep through the whole body let go of years worth of tension in five minutes just as a whoosh and then I can bring someone down to the ground so now and this is a radical concept now they start the massage relaxed rather than massaging someone to relaxation which is effective and a totally legit yeah, I, I, I'm not giving up massage anytime soon. No, 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 no. no I would, I would, but, but what I am saying is yeah. having a massage when you are relaxed mm. is infinitely more, exponentially more effective than massaging to relaxation. If you are blessed enough, if you are lucky enough to find someone who can do that. And... So have you ever come across someone that you can't seem to help? Absolutely. Right. 100%. Yeah. Almost like, like consistently. Yeah. Consistently for whatever reason. Either they're not open to it. Um, they won't, but they won't allow themselves to have it. They don't think they're worthy of it. Um, they're running some story, some story somewhere that, um, you know, that it's not going to work for them or, or whatever. It, and that's the only blocker to it. Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really just about whether someone is, uh, can see for themselves that relaxing, deeply reconnecting with their ability to relax is going to have a significant return on investment. If you can't see that relaxing is going to have a return on investment in the quality of your life, relationships, work, whatever's important to you, then it's going to be really hard for, you, for someone to make the, both the time and financial and energetic commitment to get the benefits out of, the work, of, out of working with me. Mm. And that's cool. And can you share a couple of um, anonymous stories of like complete transformation in people you've supported over the years? Like two completely different types of people. Okay. Different let's, presentations. Maybe there was an illness. Oh, uh, okay. Let's go with that. Okay, cool. I'll go with the one that popped first because this is really yeah. alive at the moment. 
and this one doesn't need to be anonymous. Um, Australia has a new heavyweight world title MMA holder in the light heavyweight division. The, effectively, the UFC. <laughs> okay, I believe you, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Um, the UFC <laughs> has a competitive arrival organization now called the Professional Fighters League. Rob Razor Wilkinson, a, one of the most beautiful gentlemen I have ever met. Outside of the octagon, he is one of the most beautiful gentlemen ever. Inside it, he is an absolute beast. Um, he and I worked together for four years on teaching him how to and supporting him in his alignment, his body awareness, his mobility, his breathing, how he could stand the most powerfully on his own two feet. And I got to support him. He had two fights in the UFC and lost both of them and was cut from the UFC and then went into COVID. And I got the, I had the honor of being with him and debriefing those experiences and working through all of that. And we had, he was in his deepest relaxation. You won't mind me sharing. And we saw the vision of him fighting for a world heavyweight title in Madison Square Garden, New York City. Friday night, he did that and won. Wow. Uh, oh, I did so, actually hear about that. <laughs> Yeah, so that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> we saw it. We saw it three years ago. He was on the mat as relaxed as he could possibly be, and I asked him, "What are you present to? What can you see? Where are you?" And he was in his imagination, visualizing and seeing an event that had not yet occurred. That this Friday night came to fruition. Uh, that gives me. That's who I want to work with. That's pretty goosebumpy. We go to another another extreme um, where someone came to see me for some really deep emotional emotional trauma. Um, she had a single session and the next day phoned me and said, I just slept through the night for the first time in seven years. For the last seven years, I have had a recurring nightmare of being raped and murdered. Because that is what nearly happened. That is like, yes, that's what happened. That's what she was dealing with. And the post-traumatic stress of that meant that every night for seven years, she had that nightmare. We did one session and she's never had that nightmare again. So her programming, her nervous system programmed into surviving that experience over and over and over again. Yeah, locked in. Mm. locked in and and all all then that was required was for her and I to connect we did exactly the kind of protocol that I spoke about I massaged her feet and checked in with her I I invited her to fly on my feet brought her down to the ground and I and the, the beauty of this work is it's fully clothed so that anyone who has any of that kind of sexual trauma, any whether they're male or female, whether it happened when they were five or happened when they were 35, there's that boundary of I'm fully clothed and I'm like fully in control. And I can say if something doesn't feel right, I can articulate it. If, something, if something's pushing me, like we don't need to push through anything. And through that approach, she was able to relax and relax and relax. 
and relax and reset her nervous system. No intention that that was going to be the outcome. I didn't promise anything. Well, you can't. But I can't. It's no. too complex. Yeah. But that was that was her experience. And then we worked together for the next couple of years and allowed her really to then rebuild from the level that she was at to being really high functioning and alive and out there and engaged in the world, relating, working, living. Mm. So special. And can I ask, given so many people are doing nervous system repair work at the moment and we're now conscious of the power of the vagus nerve and um, uh, um, and vagal tone, uh, like I feel like you're going to say, yeah, it's bigger than that, it's more, um, it, there's more to it. Um, but I want to talk about a case where someone has like chronic illness and a huge part of chronic illness is the emotional and traumatic pain of becoming debilitatingly unwell um, and the work that you either know or don't know you need to do on the the, the nervous system aspect um, as you discovered as a kid before you probably knew what it really was, you just knew it made you feel better. Um, uh, where do you see success there in the work you do? Is that common? Everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Chro chronic pain, um, chronic disease. I've, I'm blessed. I've, I've gotten to work with, with people from um, cancer diagnoses all the way, all the way through from actually even, <laughs> even being the one to recommend that the person go and see a physician. So I have a beautiful client who'd been seeing me regularly for a year. I was massaging his abdomen and felt, hmm, that's different. Something's changed. Something, ooh, that's that's not feeling so good to me. There's something in something, something, something going on. And at the end of the session, saying, hey, no idea what it is. Might just be a hernia, might be a this, might be a that. My rec, just go, go to your GP and have. Like just get a just get a checkup. Um, seven days later, he had a, a cancerous kidney removed. It was so so intense that his doctor said on the day, if you had not come in when you came in, the chances of you making it through to the end of the month were slim. <laughs> so bodywork in that sense can be like a really cool regular thing to do. Get a get a different kind of checkup. And then I've had the honor of working through with people like that um, every stage of the cancer process through working with them through post-surgery, um, radiation, chemo, helping to support those, those modalities to balance out. Um, and that's it again. It's about the ecosystem. It's not that one ecosystem. is bad and the other one is better. And it, there's no competition here. It's actually the goal is about building an ecosystem where everyone's smarts um, are, are uh, invited. Um, and, and that's what we need to get toward. Yeah. So I can answer the question a little more clearly, isn't it? 
every symptom that someone presents with is going to have a significant neurological component. Either that there's a feedback, it's a bio-directional feedback and how the nervous system is relating to and being communicated with. That the nerve, it is the nervous system that transitions us out of that fight, fight, freeze, stress response into our parasympathetic rest, digest, recover, reorganize. That's where healing happens. And anything else that we're doing, whether we're taking a pill or having a surgery or getting a chiropractic manipulation or whatever, those are all just supports for the body in its parasympathetic state to regulate itself. Uh, my genius is in supporting nervous systems to drop into their parasympathetic state. My goal is to get somebody, my aim, intention, the play, is to support someone to drop into parasympathetic and let them be suspended there for as long as they feel comfortable, to be with them, to, for them to know that I'm there and that they've got the space for their body to really fire up some of those internal diagnoses, for the body to fire up the internal restorations, whether they're happening on an energetic level, an emotional level, a chemical level, or a, a musculoskeletal neural level all at the same time that's that's the power of this work that's where you get to experience it for yourself it shifts from being theoretical to being experiential and when you're there those who get it will know yes there's a pathway here to healing if i choose to take it yeah yeah and and would you say is there a community of body workers? Like, do you all chat? Do you know each other? And um, like even exchange clients where you think one person might be suited better to someone else? And I mean, like, because a lot of practitioner communities have that. Do body workers have that too? Um, I can only speak for myself. Mm. And yes, and I cultivate them. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it still works for me. I need, I still need touch. I still need to surrender, need to, want to, desire having high quality, therapeutic, loving touch from someone who can guide me and support me and show my nervous system the parts where I'm holding on, where I'm not present to yeah. without that feedback. And does, that would then help you be able to continue doing that work because it's an incredibly generous profession. You're very, um, it is all about attuning to the person in front of you to support them. I mean, that's that's what yeah, you do. It's a so you need it's that a, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just from being a profession. For me personally, um, the word that I use for it is a vocation. It's a lifestyle. I I do like I I prepare. I live my life to be able to do this at the highest level I possibly can because that brings me the greatest joy. Um, and so, yeah, having the support of um, peers who I respect and appreciate and then the blessing being that we often, in, my, in the circle that, I'm, um, that I cultivate, 
is that we swap sessions with each other, either formally or informally. Um, and doing that regularly to, to get the benefits of the medicine that I'm prescribing. I want it mm. too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really hard to massage yourself. It's really, it's really hard to balance yourself on your own feet. Mm. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you have that support too. Bruce, thank you so much for sharing a window into body work and, and then your personal journey into how that came to play for you. I think it's always so fascinating and beautiful to see everyone called to all of these wonderful ways to help humans feel and, and live their best and authentic lives. And um, and it's been an absolute joy chatting to you on the show today. Likewise, Alex, such a joy. It's such beautiful to have such a high-level conversation. I really appreciate you and, and everything that you do for the for your community. It's, right. it's powerful. Right back at you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social, on Instagram, at LotoxLife, or one word, or my personal Instagram, uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at LotoxLife. Uh, and of course, lotoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low-Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 Euro and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lotoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.